Hello, and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined, as always, by my tag team partner, the one, the only, the deadliest catch, the defender of Christmas and all things Santa Claus, Lee Brando. Yes, that is I, the man who saved Christmas 2017. You don't have to thank me, but it, I—it is nice to hear you did. You um, did in- indeed save Christmas. It's Christmas a Christ- will go off without a hitch, thanks to me. You're welcome. Um, I don't know what else you want me to say, really. Um, happy Hanukkah to anybody listening who uh, is uh, celebrates the. Uh, oh, there's a nickname for it, like Festival of Lights or something, and I can't remember. I could be right. I don't know. I'm bad at this. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Eight crazy nights. Yes, something like that. Um, yes, but you are the defender of Santa Claus and the savior of Christmas. Um, I would like you to explain exactly what happened in regards to uh, your appearance at ACW on Friday. <sighs> well, <laughs> you know... You know, ACW returned to uh, Denton this past Friday, and um, they had a a good little year-end show. Uh, Toys for Tots uh, was the benefactor. And um, is that the right word? I don't think it is, but... um, But they were donating to Toys for Tots. People who came to the show could also donate uh, an unopened toy for Toys for Tots. Right, right, right. Um, And, dude, so... Toys and Christmas, on um, you know, what do those two things have in common? Well, capitalism. Oh. What's that? Capitalism. But I mean, go on. Your answer was better. Well, yeah. I mean, well, Santa Claus is also that. So, um, <laughs> so he's you know out there at intermission, and maybe you can maybe you can um, give me your perspective. Oh, would you like you were... me to give you the the layup, uh, the, get pass you the balls because I actually saw. Santa's entrance. Um, you you saw everything before I pretty much came out because you know before I came out I was kind of minding my own business. So um, they had just had the ACW light heavyweight title match between Chris Wild and Lewis G. Rich. Congrats to Chris Wild winning the uh, ACW light heavyweight title. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, that happens and we go to intermission, which. Um, this time would be marked by a special appearance in ring by one Santa Claus, who um, Santa was, was the name was, on the show. It was it was the name on the show, um, but he uh, Santa Claus was in the ring, um, and and kids could take their picture with Santa Claus in the ring. Which now that I think about it, was a really cool thing, and I should have done, even though I'm well past the age where that is appropriate. Um, oh, you should have. I don't know if Santa Claus would have enjoyed me sitting on his knee, but either way, Santa Claus was in the ring, minding his own business, and actually, he uh, he actually got up. He was It was the end of intermission. Um, they called for all talent to the back, so uh, Santa Claus, uh, a talent as he is, uh, got up and was on his way back around the ring to, uh, to give some high fives to the kids in attendance, and that is when he was attacked, blindsided, by someone who we have once considered a friend of the podcast, Killian McMurphy, and along with Robbie Radke, uh, dubbing themselves the movement as they jumped Santa Claus, which is the 
one of the most evil and despicable things you could possibly do, wrestling show or otherwise. And um, proceeded to announce their intentions as they planned on uh, introducing themselves to the crowd in their own special way. Um, which is pretty good because I had a, I had a talk with Killian early in the night and I didn't know his 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 uh, in what's the word I'm looking for his intentions were so nefarious. But fortunately, as Santa was being uh, on the receiving end of a two on one beatdown, a savior came from the back. And I guess that's where that's where I come in. You know, so that's literally I, I where really... you came in. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what was going on. To be honest, I was uh, minding my own business. I was talking with some of the wrestlers in the back, you know, and um, I just hear this commotion in the ring, and I peek out, and I don't really know who it is, but I see Santa Claus just getting hammered, you know, just getting, um, and not in the good way, you know, not at the bar at the Denton uh, Fire Hall with the good concessions. But he is getting beat up, and so I mean, it just like the the switch just flipped, and I just went out there, and uh, it wasn't until I was in the ring that I realized that it was uh, Robbie Radke and Killian McMurphy. But at that point, you know, I was lit, I was ready to go, and so you know, we just kind of we just kind of came to blows, and I guess you could say you know that I saved Santa Claus and I saved Christmas because that's what happened, but. You know, um, I didn't realize who it was at the time. And um, afterwards, I didn't really see um, Radke or or McMurphy again. So maybe, you know, we'll have to discuss that in private and see what that was all about and everything. But, you know, I was just trying to do I was just trying to save, you know, Christmas for all the kids out there. Well, I would say you did because you and Santa put the beat down. On uh, on the movement once the odds were evened out a little bit, um, I know th- I didn't realize that Santa had some stunners in his repertoire, but uh, broke out a couple stunners. But I can tell you, a lasting impact by uh, McMurphy and Radke, the movement, as they will be known, I suppose, moving forward in ACW. Um, but uh, nice to see just before the holidays, good getting the upper hand, and uh, you really don't want to. You really don't want to have Santa get beat down at an event with no retribution. So you were the retribution. That's yeah. That is what. That's how I introduce myself. The, um, the, that is that is a, an additional moniker. You are quickly becoming Daenerys from Game of Thrones with just ups, just endless monikers. Yes, and um, you know, I, it was a fun time as always. Um, I mean, you were in the crowd. You 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 saw the whole show. Do you want to kind of run down the results and your opinions of things? I don't have the results in front of me, so let's see how well I remember this by memory. Um, okay. Basically, uh, the show got started with um, oh wow, I'm struggling right off the bat. Do you want to fill in for about twelve seconds while I look this up? Because I am I remember most of the card, and I'm going to be really mad at myself when I pull this up. Um, oh yes, that's right. It was uh, I haven't even gotten it up yet, but it was Sick End versus Doyle Day to get us started. Doyle Day, who still feels very much. Um, I like that. Can we just say I like that you asked me to fill in for a few seconds and then just continued talking all the way. Through. That's because I thought I needed assistance. When in actuality, I didn't need assistance <laughs> at all. Um, okay. 
Doyle Day and Sick End have their match. Sick End took control towards the end of the match, but suddenly was attacked from behind uh, and slammed to the mat, giving the victory over to uh, Doyle Day. And uh, the man who jumped in the ring, man known as T-Bone, who Doyle Day says he met in Las Vegas um, after losing his title match against Vic Ramon last time uh, ACW was in Denton. So... Uh, Doyle Day introduces T-Bone. It looks like T-Bone's going to be his manager or assistant or something. I'm not entirely sure. T-Bone is a big fella. Um, from there, um, wow, I can't find the actual rundown of the card. I am really struggling. (laughs) I can't remember uh, who was second. I could pull up the photos, which would probably be the easiest thing to do. I think it was the women's match, yeah? Um, if you give me just a second... Um, I can I can tell you exactly what happened. Um, yes, it was indeed the women's match. Gemma Cross taking on uh, Casey Carlisle in a rematch from their last uh, encounter in Denton back in uh, September. And the difference, though, this was a non-title match of which Casey Carlisle made sure to point out at the very beginning of the show. But Gemma Cross, after... Struggling through a good portion of the match against the uh, larger Casey Carlisle, Cross picks up the roll-up victory, and uh, Carlisle did not look like she was going to have a great uh, holiday season the way she reacted upon leaving, although she did still have the title belt. Uh, following that, AC Wolf took on Michael Zamato. This was a rematch from their last encounter, and from what I understand, a match we have seen before, but I can tell you, this is a match worth seeing more than once, for for sure. Uh, these two have really good chemistry, and this match is always very entertaining. And I've seen this match two or three times now, and it's been different every time. Um, so uh, those two would go back and forth with AC Wolf picking up the victory, uh, followed by that ACW light heavyweight title match, a great one between Chris Wilde and Louis G. Rich, which started out with a four-and-a-half-minute collar-and-elbow tie-up, which I thought was a questionable uh, way to start a match for either competitor, but it did end up being very entertaining. <laughs> have you ever started a match... in the upper hand early. Have you ever, have you ever started a match and thought, what, what would happen if I just kept this guy in a collar-and-elbow tie-up for five minutes? Um, I, I've never th- done it. I've thought about it. You know, I've th- I've thought about a lot of things. Like, uh, what if we just didn't make any contact for like ten minutes? What would happen? Uh, well, know? the WrestleMania twenty match between uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg kind of feels like that would be your reaction. Yes. Yeah. That's so, pretty much what happens. I, I decided against it every time. Um. That being said, we from there we went to intermission, and of course your entrance into save Santa Claus and. Uh, I will tell you now, the picture I have for this, which will be up on the page hopefully in the next week, um, the picture I have for this, one of them is called Brando Saves Christmas, which I'm going to trademark, <laughs> and we are going to make into a TV movie. I think you have to um, like kind of make it look like, like do a border around it, kind of make it look like the front of a Christmas card. I think you know. I might. That that might happen before the rest of the photos are up. Although, and there is also a very while, good... While I, you're with your family enjoying Christmas, remember the real meaning of the season 
Lee Brando. <laughs> I think that's some... I think you're going to take some heat for that one, but we'll let it go for now. I do have a really good one. I never thought... I never once thought I would ever have to type in these words, but Santa Stuns McMurphy is a picture on here. We're going to have to have yep. Killian back on, and maybe he can explain himself why he decided to be such a Grinch. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You'll have to send me those pictures, too. I'm, I'm very... Very curious. So uh, from there, we have um, the uh, tag team title match of Blackout, Robbie Illuminati, and Ruckus taking on Bully Club, this time between Buzz Stryker uh, and Adam Ugly instead of the typical Buzz Stryker-PJ Parker combo as the Freebird rule was in full effect. And this match went, I believe, about 10-12 minutes before PJ Parker interfered, causing the disqualification. Titles will stay on Bully Club uh, for now, at least, and they believe they've been champions for 15 months? Yeah, it's been a while. You know, it's 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 easy to stay champion when you uh, cheat and conveniently have the numbers game all the time. And you wonder, too, uh, having having the addition of Adam Ugly has turned, to be, turned out to be an incredibly beneficial thing for that, uh, for that tag team. And now that they have the Freebird rule in effect, they could have those titles for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested because, you know, Adam Ugly joined up with them when his tag team, Pretty Ugly, uh, you know, kind of fell apart with uh, James Ellsworth getting signed by the WWE. But uh, it won't be too long before James Ellsworth is back in Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what effect that has on the Bully Club and their title reign as uh, king of the tag, kings of the tag team division. That is a tease for something we'll get to momentarily, but first, we have to get to our main event, which was the uh, champion Vic Ramon, the ACW heavyweight title holder, Good taking guy. on P.J. Parker. Ramon. Good guy, Vic Ramon. Uh, he uh, taking on, he took on P.J. Parker in what was a very interesting match. One of the dynamics of that match being that the rest of Bully Club, uh, Sawyer and Ugly, on the outside, or excuse me, Striker and Ugly, on the outside, um, throughout the entirety of that match, had a couple of opportunities where they almost started getting involved. Right as it seemed like they were about to come in the ring, though, Sick End runs out with a chair to defend his Riot City teammate uh, in Vic Ramon. And the chair is always the equalizer, and that would make the rest of this matchup fair and even. No shenanigans. P.J. Parker falls to Vic Ramon. Vic Ramon remains the ACW Heavyweight Champion, heading into the February show. And uh, that is how you lead into a tease, as we now know that ACW will be back February 16th, 2018, in Glenn Burney making their debut and it is already a stacked card, and we only know four confirmed participants. Uh, it is the return of uh, ACW... Can we call him an ACW staple uh, in Gilberg, who occasionally does make uh, appearances for the promotion? Yeah, and, you know, he and I have had our various run-ins over the last year, so... Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put him over or anything, but yes, the ACW staple Gilberg will be, uh, live and in the flesh, Bay Bay, Thunderlips, not Adam Cole at ACW, Glen Burnie at Michael's 8th Avenue. 
Hashtag Thunderlips, not Adam Cole. Um, adjoining joining uh, Gilbert on that card will be Austin Aries. Notice that pause for effect. Austin Aries making his uh, appearance at ACW, and we'll get into that momentarily because you have a. We've talked about Austin Aries on this podcast before, but he will also be joined by WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, along with. Now this is now that is a big one. I, I think we just need to explain that for me, Memphis wrestling legend, legendary commentator, legendary uh, participant in the Andy Kaufman storyline, Jerry the King Lawler, long, long career in wrestling, uh, has done it all. He's been everywhere and he's done it all, and he's packed houses for years, and I'm very excited to be on a show with Jerry the King and I'm very excited um, for the next thing that you're about to say because I cut you off so go ahead <laughs> well uh, three not small names in any way shape or form but of course one of the main attractions of this particular card will be the return of James Ellsworth as he will I believe be making his first appearance after his wwe release and he will be on this card uh a homecoming for james ellsworth that's right it's ellsworth's homecoming like i said a lot of things are going to shake up because of that you know what happens with adam ugly what happens with the bully club what happens with what they've been doing with uh you know vic ramon and riot city and me and and you know Russell and 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 Gilbert. There's so many things going on that this is a can't miss show. It's it's going to be huge. You know they've got a nice venue, Glen Burnie. I know you're going to be there. A lot of people are going to be there. It's going to be off the charts. We'll do a little um, promotion for them. It'll be at Michael's Eighth Avenue in Glen Burnie, February Friday, February sixteenth, twenty eighteen. Uh, doors open at 6.30 p.m. for meet and greet. Bell time, 8 p.m. Front row tickets will cost you 40 bucks. Pretty good deal. Worth, rows, it. Worth it. Rows 2 and 3 will be $30 a piece. Worth it. General admission, $20. This is going to be a really, really good card. And I have been hoping that ACW would run a show a little bit closer to where I live for a while. And they deliver in spades. Yeah, this is the biggest ACW show that they've put on in a long time. I mean, they've they always put on great shows, but this one they're 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 loading up the card, they're going over the top with it. And um yeah, like I said, it's can't miss. Ellsworth's homecoming, Jerry the King Lawler, Gilberg, Austin Aries, you know, like you said, we've talked about Austin Aries on this podcast before. Him and I have a little, you know, intertwined history. And um, it'll it's it'll be nice. It'll be it's it's coming full circle. If you're uh, like I said in a Facebook post, if, you know, many years ago, Austin Aries gave me some very uh, influential advice, and to to catch back up with him now, you know, everything that he's done in that time, which goes without saying, and everything that I've done in that time, a little less grander scale but still there's so many changes and so many stories and everything so to catch back up with him is going to be uh very nice to do 
looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a card, and we're gonna have to see. That is also the weekend that we are doing a panel at uh, Katsukon. It's kind of a kind of a big weekend for me and, <laughs> and for this podcast. You yes, know? this is gonna be this is gonna be a really big weekend um, all the way around. But I know that um, there are a lot of I there are only the four that have been confirmed: uh, Lawler, Ellsworth, Aries, and Gilbert. But I can tell you that this card. For this well, event. I can confirm that I will be on the card, but oh. that hasn't been announced. That's an exclusive for the Over the Barricade podcast. <laughs> you are number five on the card. Um, on the you you need to be somewhere on the poster, um, but the <laughs> right right above Jerry Lawler. I'm actually standing behind him in the poster. He's kind of blocking me with his crown. You can't really see. So I've asked if I could be put slightly slightly above Jerry Lawler. I don't think it's too much to ask. I think slightly above Jerry Lawler is not on the poster, but I mean, you should you should see what you can do. Um, regardless, uh, I know there's going to be some very very good talent that's on that show. Um, a lot of the a lot of ACW regulars will probably be will pretty much be on that show. But obviously, until we get confirmations, we don't want to announce anybody else other than yourself because you're here to announce yourself. Um, Yes, I can confirm. My source is me. <laughs> can confirm. Um, all right, so uh, let's move on. Uh, the other big event of last weekend, um, we'll go through here very quickly, um, was the curtain call for Big Mike. We had an opportunity to talk to him last week before the show, and we could tell. Very fun, very, uh, you know, deep interview that we had with him. Yeah, it was was uh was a little bit shorter than the last one we did, but he you know he was spending some time with family. We know his time was very much valuable at that point in time, very much a luxury. So we certainly appreciate Big Mike uh, reaching out and uh, working with us to uh, have a quick conversation and talk about that show. And I know how much that show meant to him, specifically the twenty five man Randolph Scott Memorial Rumble match, which. He was a uh, Big Mike himself was a surprise entrant and won the dang thing. Against all odds, he uh, he won, and I know that that was something really special, like you said, for him. And I couldn't be happier for him. And uh, you know, by all accounts, it was a very uh, you know not a dry eye in the house type of night. Yeah, it definitely seemed that way. Um, if you haven't. Um, Try and find, uh, search Michael Scott on uh, Facebook and see if you can find him. He's a good dude for sure. But he, uh, I believe Rampage Pro Wrestling also has his um, his speech that he gave at the end of the show. Um, he was inducted into four different promotions Hall of Fames, four different companies Hall of Fames, um, and gave a, about a six and a half minute speech at the end of the night. Uh, it. Not much in the way of dry eyes in the house. Um, it was it was pretty meaningful. Uh, definitely go watch it. We'll see if we can have uh, Big Mike on again sometime down the road. Gets a little time away, and I know he wants to probably. I know he's got to want to relax a little bit and kind of let everything settle. But I will say, as far as the wrestling goes, uh, he did name a new general manager of Rampage Pro Wrestling, and uh, it's Lars Madison. Um, the uh, manager, I guess you can say, of Michael Zamedo. Oh come on, we all know. Okay, no, the, no, no, he is. He no, is no, the, no, no, it's the manager. It's it's definitely the manager. What are you talking about? 
he's he's okay. always ringside for Michael's I'll matches. I'll play along. I'll play along. I'm just saying we all know that Lars and Michael Zamato are one and the same. That's all I'm saying. I've seen them both at the same time in the same room. How can they be one and the same? All I'm saying is that we know. Okay? And I'm not saying that's good, bad, indifferent. I'm just saying we know. And maybe we'll have to have Lars on the show, and maybe he can, you know, he's Michael Zamato's manager. Maybe he can book Michael Zamato on the show, and we'll have to do an interview. But all I'm saying is, I'm gonna if they come on, I'm just going to say, we know that you're both the same person. That's all I'm going to say. I think you're making this up. This is not true. I've seen them in the same room at the same time, together. I just don't understand what you're talking about. Okay, okay. I'm just saying we all know. That's all I'm saying. Um, on to uh, more international news. Um, the big news of the week early on was uh, Chris Jericho showed up in New Japan. Um, specifically, he showed up at um, the uh, Their, World... uh, Tag Team Tournament Finals in uh, Fukuoka. I hope I'm saying that right. I believe it's Fukuoka. Fukuoka. Yeah, uh, the World Tag League was finishing up, um, and uh, Kenny Omega was involved in a match. The lights went dark, a video played, and when the video ended and the lights came back up, the video, of course, was of Chris Jericho. When the lights came back up, Jericho was standing behind Omega and then proceeded to beat him to a bloody pulp. And then beat up Don Callis for some reason. Well, uh, you know, they have their own history, and... You know, we'll we'll see. I thought I thought it was really cool. I thought the only the only thing, and I don't know if they'll, I don't know if it's a plot hole or if it's something that they'll put into the storyline. But the video that played immediately following the uh, six man tag that involved Kenny and the Young Bucks, um, Chris Jericho congratulated Kenny on winning the match. So either that was supposed to be a clue that he was in the building, because how would he know, or that was uh, that was just a plot hole, you know. So um, they recorded we'll two videos, one saying that he, um, one saying that he won, and one saying that he lost. It's possible. It's a theory. It's a fan theory. Also, <laughs> but um, so so that happens. Um, Kenny Omega is beaten down, bloodied. Uh, spends the night in the hospital, according to Young Bucks. Let me let me let me let me let me let me give some details because I mean, for people that haven't seen this, I want them to see this. The lights go up. A just death in his eyes. Chris Jericho looms behind Kenny Omega. This is a totally different Chris Jericho than we saw in the last year, year and a half in WWE. This is a totally different Chris Jericho than we've really ever seen. We've never seen loose cannon, um, you know, just crazy man Jericho. Uh, we've seen all different types, but he's reinvented himself again. And What? Of course, Chris Jericho's he... reinvented himself? What is this? This never happens. So of course he 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 attacks Kenny from behind. Kenny actually starts to fight back, and they go to some blows, and then Jericho hits the code breaker, and Kenny takes and sells the code breaker 
better than I've ever seen it sold before. It looks he pretty kind vicious. Of, he he kind of does this thing where he like almost spiked it in a way where he was his legs were higher up in the air than his head. So he kind of took it like you would take like an RKO or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just looked great. And then, you know, he, he kept laying into Kenny, um, you know, busted him open, which New Japan hasn't done for many, many years. Uh, they, they haven't, you know, used juice to get an angle over in many years. So it was very old school in that sense. He, he, he takes Kenny Omega's blood and smears it on his own face, Chris Jericho does, and smears some of it on the U.S. heavyweight title. Beautiful belt, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he starts to leave, and then he sees that, uh, was, is, was this when Don Callis um, went in to check on Kenny? I think it was. Yes, Don Callis, as Jericho left the ringside area... Uh, Don Callis came from the uh, U.S. Uh, from the English uh, commentary table to check on Kenny Omega, uh, who was bloodied in the ring, and uh, Jericho decided he hadn't had enough yet. And he goes in, and he gives Don Callis a codebreaker. Who sells it better than eighty-five percent of the roster in WWE did? And then. You know, Kenny wobbles back up. He gives Kenny a second codebreaker. This is when the Young Bucks run in and finally chase Chris Jericho off. Young Bucks, baseball bat in hand, not having any of it, not playing any games, uh, chase Chris Jericho off. So old school angle, lots of heat, very unexpected, mm-hmm. um, really internationally, there's a lot of interest in this match. And I know I'll be up at three in the morning, um, on January 4th to see this and you will. So oh, we both, yes, I mean, we I, will both certainly watch this. I am so intrigued. Um, yes, I don't get up at 3am for nothing. So, um, sometimes, sometimes I'm up until three in the morning, but I don't usually go to bed and then wake up at three in the morning. That is my plan. I am going to try and approach this that way. So I'm not awake until what will probably be more like seven or eight in the morning when this actually ends. I'd rather wake up early and take a nap. Um, (laughs) But anyways, that was not the end of it. Uh, The ensuing Wrestle Kingdom 12 press conference happened Mm -hmm. and chris jericho announced the card officially yes we already knew the top four or five matches we already knew the top of the card but they went through and they announced the entire card and um so basically the they're going through and they're having uh appearances by the um the participants for wrestle kingdom which we know yeah clearly involves uh one Chris Jericho and uh, Kenny Omega. Jericho is talking to the reporters. He's got the mic in his hand. Is talking to the reporters, and all of a sudden, a wild Kenny Omega throws his jacket and <laughs> leaps into Chris Jericho. And I'm watching the YouTube video that's that sh- the that they broadcasted on, and it is so it. It's so well done that it's actually kind of humorous because all you see is a flying Kenny Omega just blur past and Chris Jericho is gone for a split second and then you see them 
you know, fisticuffs behind the table. Yeah, so, I mean, this whole thing, just a beautiful angle in every aspect. So Kenny had just done his interview, and of course he's got this just ridiculous whole head bandage on, right? Yes, like, he does. Like if they took... Like if they took this bandage off, the top of his head was gonna fall off or something. Like he had been, like he had been scalped or something. So he's got this gigantic bandage covering up forty five percent of his head, and he does his interview. And in his interview, he's saying, "I'm not worried about five, six, seven star matches. Um, I'm not worried about, you know, d- d- dazzling the fans. This is going to be a fight." So um, that's kind of, I guess, the the uh, teaser or or the theme that they're trying to put across for this match. It's not going to be Okada Omega from last year. This is going to be a fight. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to be brutal, violent. Um, they're not going to be working together, quote-unquote. Um, he also caused Chris Jericho a piece of a word that I can't say on this podcast. Yep. Um, <laughs> which was, you know, interesting. And, you know, he's very stoic and serious the whole time. He's not very happy-go-lucky Kenny Omega like we usually see. Um, well, then... And then he gets... A, Jericho... Uh, Omega gets pulled away from Jericho after getting a couple of good licks in, and Jericho proceeds to throw the table at Omega and the three guys who were holding him. Yeah, there was a couple young boys. So, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm building to that, building to that. I'm so sorry, you were out. taking too long. I was watching the video, and I was wanted to play it again. <laughs> so Jericho comes out, and he's doing his part of the interview, and he's very much repeating the sentiment, this is not going to be a, you know, a, a five-star match. This is going to be a fight. And he tells Kenny, you know, he's going to kick his, you know what, and, you know, they're not going to get along. That's when the jacket enters from stage right uh out of nowhere kenny flies in and he you know tackles chris down to the ground and starts laying in the punches and these are stiff shots because later on you can see chris jericho's face is bruised up you know by the end of this video he's got marks all over his face and 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 like you said he kenny gets pulled off by a couple young boys jericho takes this round dining room table it's not like a typical table. It's like a, something you'd see in a fancy restaurant. And he throws it and just knocks down four or five guys with it. He jumps on Kenny. He's beating Kenny. He's going for the wound, the fresh wound in Kenny's head. He's trying to open it back up. He gets pulled off. They get pulled apart. Jericho's doing this crazy old Ric Flair style, you know, just cursing and, and yelling. And, you know, Kenny, you're out of your mind. I'm going to beat the crap out of you, all this Kenny gets removed from the uh, from the, the the hall that they're doing this press conference in, and there's a great moment. It's a very quick, like one second moment, but there's a moment where they're pushing Kenny through the door of this ballroom, and Jericho's yelling at him, and you can see a Japanese woman walking in the hallway who clearly has no idea what is going on, and she just looks horrified. You know, you have to kind of look past Kenny Omega's shoulder. You'll see it. It's a great moment. As you can it's probably hear, I am I am going back because I was a little past <laughs> that. You continue going. I am waiting for that moment. You'll hear me laugh, I'm sure. And um, so then Kenny gets kicked out of the room. Chris Jericho grabs the microphone, and he's cutting this promo, you know, just 
Like, totally. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw the it? woman. That was great. I'm yeah. glad you pointed so, that out. I missed it. She just looked, <laughs> like, really concerned about the health of Kenny Omega, not knowing who Kenny Omega is. Yeah, just a guy in a head wound bandage getting pulled out of a room while being cursed at. Like, obviously something's going on here. Anyway, so Jericho takes the mic, and he's cutting this very organic promo, um, you know... Uh, very natural. It's unlike WWE's dialogue, and I actually tweeted about this, and uh, Dave Meltzer of uh, the Wrestling Observer commented, like, yeah, it beats me. Like, I don't know why they do all this flowery language in WWE. Um, it doesn't get anybody over. It, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just <laughs> board writers needing to write something. I don't know. But it's very unnatural. So this was the polar opposite. This is Jericho yelling, and he actually, one of my other favorite moments is mid- sentence he stops and he looks at one of the reporters and he goes what are you laughing at face and (laughs) it was just the greatest moment i i pop so hard for that and um you know basically he he finishes up and he's walking out and he goes and tell don callus to stay away from me too and then he flicks off the room and goes that's for kenny and um it was great you know it was a great from the night before with the angle uh, in the ring and the, the press conference. I mean, and, and now it's interesting because they were only touting Naito and Okada as the main event. Now they're touting it as a double main event, which Japan doesn't do. You know, yeah, that's, that's never, a WWE thing. Yeah, that's, well, that's never been I, done I, in Japan. That's an American thing because UFC has yeah. been known to do that crap too. I don't actually like that. New Japan, I'll let them get away with it just this one time because they don't they don't go to that well constantly. Yeah, it's it's because they don't do it that it's kind of cool that they did do it this one time because you know they're putting a lot behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. It must they must be seeing the interest. Maybe people are subscribing to New Japan World and JPWWorld.com. I suggest you subscribe because you're not going to want to miss this match. It's a free plug for them. You're welcome. So let's quickly go down that Wrestle Kingdom card. We're going to do this. We're going to look at this more closely. Um, as it gets closer. As it gets closer. I believe we'll do that between Christmas and New Year's. Because uh, mm-hmm. that will be the last live show we do before um, before the Wrestle Kingdom card actually takes place. Uh, okay. So let's quickly run through this. Uh, let's start bottom to top. Killer Elite Squad of Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer taking on LIJ. Evil and Sonata, they are the IWGP Tag Team Champions. Um, initially, they were also going to... Initially, there was discussions about them uh, defending the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships along with Bushi. However, they have decided, after um, winning the World Tag League, to go ahead and compete for... Uh, the IWGP Tag Team Championships against Killer Elite Squad. Um, And that should be a really good match. I'm going to not say that again because all of that is understood. Uh, (laughs) Above that, uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship is going to possibly be defended. We'll get there. Uh, Cody, uh, the American Nightmare, will be taking on Kota Ibushi if Cody still has his Ring of Honor World Championship because he will be defending it shortly. Uh, this will be for that title. If he does not, this will be a special attraction singles match. Uh, 
Above, yeah, he's got to make it. Cody's got to make it through final battle this weekend, which we'll talk about. But yeah, yes. like you said, if he doesn't make it through final battle as champion, then uh, the championship obviously won't be on the line. That is next on our list of things to talk about. However, not before we get to. I predicted this match: Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo, defending their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. Uh, that's going to be a high flying match, to say the absolute least. Uh, Show and Yo will have no problem keeping up with the Young Bucks, I think. Uh, oh, quick note: I just want to note this. So apparently, the the Alpha Club shirt that Jericho was wearing, yes, um, you know, because he's Alpha, Alpha versus Omega, yes, um, that will be in Hot Topics this weekend. So apparently, this has been planned for long enough for that to happen. Um, they just sent a bunch is- of shirts to Hot Topic, like last week and they just decided oh well, we'll make these um the those uh, those shirts by the way if you want one definitely go get one because they actually go to a good cause um uh, i believe if i remember correctly hang on let me let me do a quick look because i wasn't planning on doing this um you like the curveballs I throw you, and you while we're did doing throw the it to me. There, it there. These are going to go to a good cause, and I'm just okay. Here it is. Proceeds from every shirt sold will support the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, the shirt's twenty five bucks. You can get it from Represent.com. Uh, you can also get it from Hot Topics soon. Um, although, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I might have said something incorrectly. This may not that be the case anymore. never happens on this podcast. That's, I'm never wrong. Um, I, I take it back. I think I was incorrect. I believe that um, they are no longer selling them on Represent.com. I do not know if the blue ones that are headed to Hot Topic are going to have the same are going to be for the same cause. But I know he sold a lot of them for that cause. Big ups to Chris Jericho. Um, Man. So halfway through, um, the Wrestle Kingdom card will have a fatal four-way match, or just a four-way match, as the rest of the world knows them. For the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, champion Marty Skrull will defend against Hiromu, Takahashi, Kushida, and Will Ospreay. Uh, Knowing Skrull and Ospreay are in this match is good enough for me. Add Kushida and Takahashi, and I'm super happy. Uh, the IWGP Intercontinental title is on the line. Hiroshi Tanahashi, assuming there's no injury issue, which it doesn't seem like there's going to be, although he might not be 100%, will take on Jay White, which this could be huge for Jay White's career if he's able to take over, take the belt from Tanahashi on that stage. Uh, our co-main event, Kenny Omega, the champion, will defend his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against... Chris Jericho, and your main event of the evening, IWGP heavyweight title match, Kazuchika Okada defends against Tetsuya Naito, and I can tell you now, this actually kind of looks like a situation where this Jericho Omega match looks a lot bigger than Okada Naito, but we know that that heavyweight title match is going to be well, so not good. Well, not if you're in Japan. If you're in Japan, the main event is still Okada Naito. That's true. Um, but virtually everywhere else, the main event, the biggest match special attraction is um jericho omega yeah it's it's gonna be pretty good it's gonna be very good um we'll talk more in depth about these matches uh as we go along Uh, we'll do that in a couple weeks 
Um, let's talk about Final Battle, which is this Friday. this Friday. That is this New Friday. York. So that is in New York. That will take place in Manhattan Center's Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, you can catch that on pay-per-view, um, ROHwrestling.com, apparently on the PlayStation Network. Odd. Um, anyways, mm. we, uh, we know this card as well, and I doubt there's going to be any changes two days out unless something goes wrong. Uh, that card will be a New York street fight between the Briscoes and Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. Um, Ooh, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good gonna one. That's going to be a hot one. It's going to be violent, for to say the violent. least. Grudge I've match. Worked with the, I've worked with them boys, you know. I, I've wrestled in the ring with them boys. Them boys don't go light, you know what I'm saying? Do they look like they go light? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did anybody doubt I, that? If, um, if, if it looks like they're working pretty stiff, it's because they're working stiff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and next up will be a grudge match, tag team match. The Addiction, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, take on War Machine, Ray Rowe, and Hanson. Um, that should also be a good match. Uh, special attraction match, Matt Taven versus Will Ospreay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Adam Page and the Young Bucks take on Flip Gordon, Dragon Lee, and Teton. Um, I knew I wasn't yes. going to get that name wrong. Yes. And if you haven't seen the most recent Being the Elite, I suggest you do, just for the scene where they go to the kebab restaurant. That's all I'm saying. I am a couple episodes behind. I must catch up. I plan to do that this weekend. Uh, World Television Championship Four Corners Elimination Match. Shane Taylor versus Silas Young versus Punishment Martinez versus the World Television Champion Kenny King. You know, I'm rooting for Martinez in that. Him and I know each other, and uh, he's he's giving me some good advice, so I'm rooting for my boy, Punishment Martinez. The World Tag Team Championships will be up for grabs as Motor City Machine Guns take on best friends, Beretta and Chucky e. T. Going to be a good one. Should be fast-paced. Uh, non-title dream match. Uh, this is a non-title match. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Marty Skrull taking on Jay Lethal. Uh, I You don't need a title on the line for this match. That should be really good. No, yeah. Marty Skrull has had, I guess, the best career of the best year of his career. Oh, no, there's, and, uh, there is no doubt about that. He, he might have had the biggest, in the last year, he might have had the biggest jump of any one talent. If there was a most improved award as far, not from a ring standpoint, but from a popularity standpoint, the biggest growth in the last year, I would highly uh, suggest that Marty Scroll be uh, the name at the top of that list. And in our main event, the ROH World Championship, the American Nightmare Cody will defend his title against Dalton Castle. Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. I have been a boy for Dalton Castle. It was interesting. Um, but I'm still rooting for Cody. Don't call me Rhodes. <laughs> it's going to be a good card. Uh, if you get a chance, watch it. If not, we'll uh, probably talk about it at least a little bit next week. Now, uh, with the minutes we have remaining, of which there are not many, we must turn okay. our attention to the double-double-E. Um, and we uh, do we want to talk about the uh, I, let's talk about the pay-per-view last. Let's quickly hit the news that hit today. 
Um, WWE is headed to Facebook, which sounds like a weird thing to say, except for WWE is apparently teaming with Facebook for a new concept. Uh, it'll be an in-ring series in conjunction with uh, fa- Facebook and WWE working together, and it is called the Mixed Match Challenge, and that will start January 16th, 2018, exclusively live on Facebook. Um, and yeah. this is going to be a yeah. mixed tag team tournament, which I, just kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. <laughs> Do you you, you sure about frank, anything over there? Huh? You sure about everything over there? You you sound very unsure. You know, uh, you know, here's here's all I'll say. All I'll say and you know, I'll I'll try to be nice about this is that this is the worst concept for a show that I've ever heard of. And that's the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> and you know, first off, mixed tag matches have never been that great have never been that hot, you know, the angles leading up to them. I mean, the biggest you can get is probably Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Bella at WrestleMania last year, and even that was kind of dull. You know, what? even the promos leading into that were great, but, you, you know, the match you itself was kind of dull. You're not counting John Morrison teaming up with Snooki and Trish Stratus. I, I was counting that actually. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, so, wh- so let me give you a, let me give you a quick rundown. Um, this is basically the way that they're tell- talking about it on on dot com. Uh, the it's a single elimination mixed tag team tournament to win a hundred thousand dollars to support the charity of their choice. There being the team that uh, ends up winning. Each twenty minute episode will will reflect a progressive approach to production with elements optimized for mobile consumption experimentation and social interaction good grief this is so corporate um i don't care about any of that it's just going to be the uh it's just going to be a mixed tag team match i do want to run through the the participants because i find this part interesting uh monday night raw will feature alexa bliss alicia fox oscar bailey braun Strowman. Enzo Amore, Finn Balor, Goldust, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, The Miz, and there will be a fan vote um, according to this website. Yeah. I think both brands are doing that. SmackDown is uh, a member of the New Day. Yes, you can only vote for a member of the New Day. Um, I feel like this is a test to see who would do better on their own, but that's just me. SmackDown's wrestlers will be Becky Lynch, Bobby Roode, Carmella, Charlotte, Jimmy Uso, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, Rusev, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and as mentioned, a final fan vote from a uh, to choose a member of the New Day. We won't know who the actual teams are until Thursday, January 4th, when they will start to be announced. This is a really weird concept that I could see myself watching one episode of and not watching ever again. Well, it's a weird concept, and, and, and the only really newsworthy things out of it are WWE's obviously in contract negotiations for their TV rights. One of the prospective bidders is Facebook. So if this is their kind of first outing to present their product on a Facebook platform, it's not the hottest thing you could do. You know, it's, it's really not the first impression I would want to make, but 
we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's only 20 minutes. It's short. You know, what we've the trend has been shorter the better when it comes to WWE. You know, NXT is highly rated. You know, it's also only 60 minutes long. So we'll see. Um, and then the other newsworthy thing is this is going to be live following SmackDown at 10 p.m. So this is bumping 205 live back half an hour. So they're going to want their viewers to watch SmackDown on the USA Network, jump on their phone or computer to get on Facebook and watch Mixed Match Challenge for 20 minutes, then jump to the network and watch 205 live. It seems like it's you're going to tire the people out. Probably. Um, here's Let me just throw out the couple of scenarios that I see where this could actually work. Um, I think they... Let me just tell you two teams that I would particularly like to see because I think it would make the most sense and it would actually maybe get me to watch it. Um, I feel like Jimmy Uso and Naomi is going to be a storyline they're going to build into this because obviously I believe they're married in real life, um, if uh, if I remember correctly. I always mix the Usos up. Um, I don't watch enough Total Divas to confirm or deny that. I'm hearing it secondhand. So... Um, I would just like to see a robe-off between Charlotte and Bobby Roode. Just the both of them just wearing robes coming down to the ring because they both have the flashiest entrances. Um, I will say if they make team names, if they get into it and they have similar attire, you know, like if, if Roode and, uh, and Charlotte teamed up and they were called like robed glory or something like that, then, then yes, I will be more into it. The, the only other tag team I would like to see is um, Asuka and Braun Strowman. Oh my gosh! There's no way that doesn't win. <laughs> I say that's the team that wins. Yes, if that happens, that will be the team that wins. It won't happen because you can easily get one of the both of those out by having their partner lose. Um, and she should. They should come out with Asuka sitting on Strowman's shoulder, like Miss Elizabeth style. Uh, do we have any guesses on who the most awkward team is going to be? Um, is it anything with Sami Zayn? I take it back. Is it anything with Lana? Probably Lana, just from an in-ring standpoint, yeah. And Rusev's not even on there, so... Yes, he is. Oh, he is? Well, Rusev and Lana, that that could be good. It won't happen. They're they're going to do that Rusev is quickly becoming my favorite wrestler in WWE. <laughs> All right, let's um let's Oh, by the way, did you have a good Rusev day today? It's Rusev day. Uh and Rusev I always have day. a good Rusev day. Knowing it it's Rusev day makes every day better. Zane on that press release because, you know, I mean, this will transition into Clash of Champions, but theoretically Sami Zayn could be fired by the time this Facebook thing starts. That's true, although you could always replace him. Um Yeah, weird. Look! Look at WWE has too many too many things going on at once, and they kind of can't keep it all together. Let's run through the Clash of Champions card, shall we? Um, yeah, I mean, unless you want to mention the uh, India fiasco. Oh yeah, we need to be quick. We're almost at our time limit. All right, so basically, you know, I'll just break it down. They spent six months building up Jinder Mahal, um, kind of shoving us shoving him down our throats. They took him from obscure jobber to uh, world champion. And they pushed it for six months. They put him over guys like AJ Styles, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton. And uh, then they took the title off him because they didn't think that him and Brock would be a good match. And and they uh, they booked this tour of India, which they whittled down from multiple shows to one show due to poor ticket sales. And then they had a main event 
that show in India. Um, this was their big push. They wanted to grow in India. They had a main event that show in India against Triple H and had them lose clean. So <laughs> I don't know what I I don't know. Yeah, that's bad. That's really I, bad. I, I just don't get it. Do you yeah. understand how that makes sense in any realm? Doesn't. <laughs> it does not. That was a very terrible idea. Um, let's run through our Clash of Champions card. Uh, since they've now uh, completely emasculated Jinder Mahal as a viable contender. Um, well, I mean, do you think they ever put the belt back on him? Or do they do it this Sunday? It, it seems like the only worse move that they could make is doing that this Sunday, right? That yeah, because that, all that does is bury AJ. Yeah. So... Uh, all right, let's go through the card. Uh, pre-show match: Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley. Uh, I, I really like Zack yeah. Ryder, and I f- want to really like Mojo Rawley, even though I don't think it's I'm supposed long, to. As it's a, smart a long build for a pre-show match. I will say that they've been teasing this and building this storyline for a long time, yep. like over a year, yep. and uh, it's going to be on the pre-show of a B pay-per-view. So yep. I don't understand that, but you know, we'll see. Yep. Um, the uh, we'll we'll go from least to most important, at least as far as I'm concerned. Brizongo okay. take on the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, yeah, Fashion Files moved to .com and and YouTube and off uh, WWE Television Weekly because I guess they idea. really needed five minutes back. I don't know. Horrible. It seems like WWE's getting cold feet on a lot of things lately. All right. Yeah, seemingly. Um, from there, uh, because it's not a title match. Uh, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan are special guest referees. If Owens and Zayn lose, they are fired from all of WWE. Z- uh, Owens and Zayn are not losing, and uh, Daniel Bryan is the reason, right? Well, you know, I thought it was going to be the that Shane takes a bump and, you know, Daniel Bryan runs out from somewhere and, and counts the pin for Owens and Zayn. Um but they did that finish on SmackDown. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, you would think that there would be some sort of chicanery with Daniel Bryan um, and him allowing or counting the pin for Owens and Zayn to win, but they kind of blew their load on that, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not my favorite thing in the world. Um, all right, so... Uh, from there, uh, can really quick though, can you could you possibly believe that Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton like two years ago were going to be in a tag team match? In no, WWE? it is weird. I will say that. Yeah, and not only in WWE but on like a big pay per view. It's so odd. Yeah, um, it kind of like a lot of stips to it, and you know, I don't, I, I don't know. This we'll is the see. most WWE match, and three of these four guys that are in this ma- that are actually wrestling in this match are like all indie or like international darlings. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was the edict for a long time that if you were in Ring of Honor uh, or you know if you were a big indie name or a big name outside of WWE, they weren't going to sign you. And now we have this pay per view with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. You know, the list goes on, so it's interesting to see how things have turned around. 
weird. They've gotten a little bit more WWE over the course of time. Uh, it is the next on the list, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Usos take on The New Day, take on uh, Benjamin and Gable, take on Rusev and Aiden English. Um, Rusev and Aiden English with a surprise upset? <laughs> I'd be happy. It would be different. Uh, I would be for it. Yeah, it kind of seems like they, they're just kind of th- trying to throw everybody into every match on this show, you know? Four-way tag team, triple threat, U.S., Lumberjill, women's match. They got just about everybody that's not currently working on a movie. Um, (laughs) Charlotte Flair versus Natalya in said Lumberjill match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, This match just ends in in a kerfuffle, right? Uh, Charlotte keeps her belt, but it just ends in 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 a riot, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I suppose. You know, it's got to, right? You know, I, I'm I a big fan of Ruby Riot, by the way. So anything that puts her in the title picture, I'm for that. As am I. I just don't like that they're running similar storylines on Raw and SmackDown at the same time. Um, and oh. I don't like that they're just throwing random women who have very different characters together just because. Um, yeah. At least, at least when you ran the. Um, the the Divas Revolution storyline back in the day, it was very overcrowded. Back in the day, it was like two years ago. It was very overcrowded, but each stable made some sense. You know, they them coming together made a lot of sense. Charlotte and Becky being on the same kind of team as Paige made sense. Uh, Naomi and Tamina bringing in Sasha Banks made a lot of sense. Even the Bella Twins with... Um, with Alicia Fox made a little bit of sense because Foxy was just trying to be included. So, like, none of this yeah, makes it's... sense, though. It's just this random entrance of people that don't really... Their only thing is, like, we want to be on the main roster. Well, you're there now. Why are you still together? Like, Liv Morgan's character so is such a stark contrast from Sarah Logan's and Ruby Riot's. And the same. Like, none of those three have similar characters at all. Yeah, it's like they got. Well, I think the reason that they brought up the teams was because they're they're eventually. I mean, pretty soon they're gonna try to uh, band back together the four horsewomen of NXT uh, to lead into a four horsewomen of MMA match at WrestleMania. Yes. Uh, with Ronda Rousey and them. So I, I mean, I assume that's why they're doing the team aspect. I don't know why they did like a carbon copy on each brand. Yeah, weird. It's weird because I don't see you know absolution and and riot squad facing off ever you know no Unless not they with them together until Survivor Series of next year which I don't see happening at all. The only thing that was kind of different was the um you know the the absolution kind of trying to kind of trying to what a weird thing I just said trying to recruit Oscar to a degree <laughs> that's that's some of your heritage coming out there. Absolution kind of trying to come out there. I don't have that much heritage in the South. Um, anyways, they it that was kind of different, but I mean they're all doing the same thing. I, we're seeing the same story kind of play out on both. The only real difference in this is that the centerpiece versus Ruby Riot versus Page, which Page is established and Ruby Riot is not. Although the for WWE, Absolution is a better name, but Riot Squad is a just a better name in general. 
So I don't know. I'm just yeah, and I think they've actually handled Riot Squad better than Absolution. Well, um, they in terms seem to of make having more them sense. talk less and wrestle more. They seem to make a little bit more sense as far as you know. At least them, you can see they have a shared objective. And what they've done is they took out Becky Lynch and Naomi in consecutive weeks, and they actually seem dangerous. Whereas Absolution just shows up in every women's segment. You know, it's yeah. kind of. Yeah, Meh. and they're more playful and 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 back off and and well, stuff like that. So I mean, and I you almost feel like the the two that Paige the two women that came up with Paige. I remember Mandy Rose, and I am really struggling. Who is the other? Um, it's with an S. No, uh, I. I'm, I'm not going to remember off the top of my head. I am struggling. And, and that, that's a problem, right? <laughs> right. Well, they changed her name a couple of times. Um, but I, the... Uh, call her Hair Up and Square Up Girl, because that's all I remember. Hair Up and Square Up. Sonia DeVille. See? S. Um, those two are not great talkers thus far. No. And it seems like they botched some of their lines, and, and that doesn't help. Basically, what we need to do is we need to make a Venn diagram of Absolution and Riot Squad, and um, it'll be interesting to see which team's better. I think Riot I can Squad tell has you more longevity. I do, and I I think kind of like a female shield to a degree. I think the Riot Squad is for one. Liv Morgan is a much better talker than anybody with the with. Well, not anybody, but she is a much better talker than Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville. Um, mm-hmm. And Sarah Logan at least has a distinct character. Uh, maybe a little too distinct, a little cartoonish perhaps, but she does have a very distinct character. Um, wow. I didn't realize Ruby Riot was that tall. <laughs> um, she's 5'9". According, well. to, according to the Pro Wrestling Wiki. But um, regardless... I feel like that it's got... I feel like people are not going to sour on them as quickly. Um, but ultimately, we'll see. We spent a lot of time talking about that. We have two matches left. Baron Corbin defends his U.S. title against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. We assume that Roode and Ziggler cancel each other outright and Corbin wins. Or do you think Roode actually wins this? I mean, I... I know Ziggler's taking the pin, but I don't yes. know who's pinning him. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I think it's Corbin. <laughs> they made Rude look very good on, on SmackDown, uh, and I think they don't want to take the title off Corbin so quickly. He did just get it like a month and a half ago. So yeah. um, I they don't want to do that to him, not after they basically almost killed his character completely after the uh, Money in the Bank debacle. Um, oh yeah! Wow, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, John Cena was the worst thing for Baron Corbin. Um, so uh, our main event: AJ Styles defends his WWE Championship two-time WWE title holder AJ Styles against Jinder Mahal. I don't think they're putting that belt back on Jinder. I don't think he's going to sniff it again. I certainly hope not, because from a booking standpoint, are you nuts? But. <laughs> You know, it wouldn't surprise me at this point with everything that they've done. It, it sadly would not surprise me. I'd be disappointed, but not yeah. surprised. Yeah, it's 
So uh, I'm I'm just picking Styles because I think they go into the into the new year with Styles as champion. He's going to do better when you get to the Rumble. Um, assuming he's still champion at Mania, facing him at the Rumble. I'm struggling with this one because I feel like the thing that probably makes the most sense is Owens. Probably, yeah. Um, I feel like though. I'm I mean, trying to I see who they're, who they're pushing. And have Nakamura win the Rumble, but I digress. I don't think that'll happen as happy as it would make me be. Um, they're pushing... Well, we know the, well, we so, know the so universal match I've is got going a, to be a triple threat between I, Kane, Strowman, and Lesnar. I was giving you time. Or Well, so I've got an idea. And I thought about this okay. while watching SmackDown. Corbin oh. drops the U.S. title to Rude. To Rude. And then immediately is in a program with Styles for the Rumble. And they have a little bit of time to build him up. And that would be the one thing that would make sense dropping the U.S. title off Corbin. I honestly think right now, looking at the layout of SmackDown, if Owens is not going to be in that match, or if... I I don't think they're going to put that on Zayn, because I think Zayn is too sidekick at this point. He hasn't quite separated himself to be enough yet. Um, Yep. If it's not Owens, it has to be Corbin. There's no other heels. Unless like, somebody switches on on Clash of Champions like Wharton or somebody. You know, they've done that before, but they, you know, he seems to be the guy that they put champions with to bide time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of where he is in his career. He's kind of, you know, I, I was trying to figure out who Randy Orton's career reminds me the most of. Not from a storyline perspective, just from kind of a how he's been used type perspective. And early on, I, I could see a little bit of Triple H John Cena, but he really is in the Kane role now. You know, he's he's the the steady, consistent guy who's going to go out, you know what you're getting from him, but he's believable in almost every main event match that you get if you just give him a couple of weeks to kind of build himself up in a in a program. Yeah. Kane yeah, think like analogy. Kane 2009, 2009-2010 when, you know, Kane really kind of stepped up from the mid card for a little while. Um, that's what I see as Randy Orton's run right now. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it's no, not yeah, particularly you can plug special. Randy in anywhere. Yeah, and he's going to mean something. Randy Orton is basically the most utilitarian guy they've got right now on on either brand. You can really you can put him in almost any short-term feud or have him as a piece in another feud without any problem. And you know, although this could be fairly interesting if this turns out, what if he and Nakamura just become like this really weird tag team and eventually it leads to going for the belts? Wouldn't be unlike Kane with, you know, RVD or Big Show or, you know. Run, the do we, we want to go through all of Kane's tag team partners? Kane and Edge have so many title um, tag team partners. Yeah. I mean, I think X-Pac, Kane is I mean, second, if I remember right. In what? Tag team championship reigns? I think, I think so. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I just I just pulled it up. Hang on. Give me one second. Phil, fill time. This is this is how this is how we do it on the Over the Barricade podcast. We have live research. 
which we know is the <laughs> our most crack research team is out for the for the day. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're still listening, if if Doug is still listening, I got a chance to talk to somebody. Uh, Who's who, Doug? I will explain when we get off the show. But okay. um, Doug is a guy who I ran in, who I I was talking to the other day, and we got talking about wrestling, and he downloaded, he subscribed to the podcast. So, oh, big ups to Doug. We've got a lot of new attention lately. So, if you're listening for the first time, and you're still listening at this point in the episode, I'd like to say welcome. <laughs> I do appreciate you uh, sticking around. If you are still here, I would like to tell you that. He has won the Tag Team Championships in WWE 12 times, has Kane. He won the WCW Tag Titles with Undertaker once. He won the WWE Tag Team Titles on two separate occasions, once with The Big Show, once with Daniel Bryan. And he has won the WWE slash WWF World Tag Team Championships nine times, two with Mankind, two with X-Pac, one with The Hurricane, one with Big Show, and one with RVD. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, if I you really wanted a history lesson on Kane's tag team championship history, that is the go. quality content we give. Listen in, man. Yep. Oh, we didn't even talk about Matt Hardy. <laughs> well, they kind of did the same thing this week, you know. I and, think um, WWE's YouTube channel may have posted a 10 hour Matt Hardy laughing video. I think they did. And, um,. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I mean, if the, the somebody made the point that the thing that made Broken Matt so entertaining was the all the other stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, it was his character, but it was, you know, wrestling a kangaroo and, you know, going and, and doing these things that were just outlandish, and we haven't seen that. We've seen two of the same kind of stripped-down, simplified promos, and if that's all they're going to do then you're going to really put the fire out on this thing. Yeah, probably, but I you have to keep in mind, too, Raw is trying to slow build. This seems like it'll probably be either like a Christmas or New Year's match, uh, 25th anniversary match, or Royal Rumble match. So how they build over the next month will certainly let us know what that's going to be. Although, I will say I was la- I was popping the whole time. Like, I was just cracking up. Yeah. All right, let's let's end it there. Um, I did, by the way, I did show my girlfriend the final deletion for the first time. She looked at me like I was crazy, which is pretty much what <laughs> I assumed. Good, that's the reaction you want. That is that is the reaction we deserve. Um, all right, that'll do it for us this week. Um, are you wrestling anywhere uh, in the immediate future? Um, no, not in the immediate future. It's about that time of year. It is holiday time, so uh, like like we said early on in the show, Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, that's scary how close we are to that particular holiday. Uh, but wrestling fans, your holiday comes January 4th, Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be good. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, any last things you want to leave with the folks? Uh, just that my Twitter's been lit lately, so you should uh, listen to the plugs after the show and follow it. You should, um, and uh, definitely do that. I know you had your conversation, uh, quick conversation, in uh, via Twitter with Austin Aries. So 
Um, now that now that you have an in, I would like to meet Austin Aries. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that can be arranged. I'm not going to be a jerk. <laughs> It'll. I'll. I'll make it so. In the words of Captain Picard, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, we uh we will see you guys next week, and don't forget, Matt Hardy's back. Yeah. <laughs> Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricadeshow. Follow us on Twitter at barricadeshow. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricadeshow or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at LeeBrando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com send in your suggestions we'll see you next week